0: Nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Nobody's going to buy from you because you need the money. And nobody's going to buy from you just because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that ultimately they'll be better off by doing so.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Selling with Love Podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and we have a treat for today. A returning guest, an incredible one at that. A man that is very much inspiring me into my journey into making my message of selling with love reaching the world. Actually. One of the big catalysts that got me on this journey has been a series of books that has been written by this man, the one and only Bob Berg. If any of you have heard of the book called The Goat Giver, this book has really changed the mindset that we should have as opposed to being a go getter stereotype and realizing that we are in a world where giving is really the greatest way to attract more towards ourselves. And the stories, the way that the book has been written, and the series of Go Giver books are incredible, wealth of knowledge that you can. Can dive deeper into when you start following Mr. Berg's work. And more recently, Go-Giver Influencer has been a modern tale that speaks about doing business deals, negotiation, and sales in general, and why it's such a different mentality and so important for us to be able to embrace this as we want to see how to have success in the modern world today. If you're not familiar with Bob, he's has over 30 years of experience showing entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals how to communicate their value and accelerate their business growth. The man has been named top 200 most influential authors in the world, top 30 leaders in business, and so much more. His books have sold over three quarters of a million copies, translated in over 30 languages, Wall Street Journal, and Businessweek bestseller, The Go-Giver, and so many more. Another thing is that he has written what is one of the most motivational books ever written and was on HubSpot Top 20 Most Sought After Sales Book of All Time. Bob, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here coming back. Oh, thanks, Jason. It's always great to speak with you. Yeah. And like I said, the values that you've communicated in your book have been, well, I would say almost ahead of its time. Like when you first came out with Giver, I'm seeing messages and people resonating more about this whole giving. And, you know, for me, I'm speaking about, you know, selling with love. But when GoGiver and that whole series started off, was it met with welcome arms or was there a lot of resistance when you would go in a sales organization and say, yeah, we have to have a more giving attitude when it comes to having more success?
0: Well, I think that when we wrote this and the the series was co authored with John David Mann, who's a great writer and really the lead writer and storyteller. I'm kind of a how-to person more than anything else. So, no, it was pretty much well accepted by people. I mean, there's always going to be those people who are going to kind of look at anything that's not the hard-nosed, dog-eat-dog, you know, I win by making you lose. There's those people out there. And so they're going to be resistant to a message like this. But I think really when you define what we mean by you know the term go-giver right and really what it is is it's it's understanding that by shifting your focus and this is really where it all begins shifting your focus from getting to giving now when we say giving in this context we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others okay Understanding that doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. So there's nothing self sacrificial about this. There's nothing way out there, woo woo, magical, or mystical about it either. It actually makes very rational sense when you think about it. When you're that person who can move your focus off yourself and place it on serving others, right? Discovering what they need what they want what they desire when you can move your focus off of yourself and on to helping people solve their challenges and problems when you can take your focus away from yourself and instead place it on moving others closer to happiness well you know jason people feel good about you they feel great about you they want to be a part of your life. They want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They're much more likely to want to do business with you and refer you and introduce you to others to be what we call your personal walking ambassador. You know, one thing that I often begin with when I speak at sales conferences is I'll say, you know, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? Nobody's going to buy from you because you need the money, and nobody's going to buy from you just because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that ultimately they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. Now, this is great news for the entrepreneur or salesperson who truly has a heart for making that other person's life better. Because it means your focus is going to be on them. And this is really what you talk about, right? And so it's very congruent with the message, but there's nothing soft or, you know, what have you about this message, especially to the degree you operate in a free market environment. And free market simply means no one's forced to do business with anyone else. So to the degree you operate in a free market, you have to be focused on them. You have to care enough about them to provide value to them, to discover what it is they need, want, and desire, because it's not about you. It's always got to
1: be about them. You know, I love that you make this emphasis about being focused about them, because for most people that I see with some of the sales reluctance, or maybe at the early stages of discovering sales and having struggles in sales, most of the conversation around the reasons and the problems that the person's facing and having success comes from things from their own perspective. It's like, I, 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 I'm seeing that I'm not using the same language. I feel like I really need this sale. And it kind of puts you in a very needy position and it makes it really hard to be able to be, you know, someone that's giving when you're just focused on your own mindset. So I'd be curious to know, Bob, uh, as far as just making a choice, like, okay, I'm going to go focus on others. When we're early in the journey, sometimes it does feel like we need to pay rent and that commission check is important. And I'm wondering if you have some strategies for someone who might not be, call it in a privileged situation or abundant situation that, okay, my basic needs are taken care of. I'm understanding that I need to focus on others, but it seems like there's so many of my needs that seem so pressing. What's a strategy we can use here? Is it to ignore those, focus on the others? I'd love to build a bridge towards that promise line of being more focused on others.
0: Well, so when we say, yeah, you know, I really like this idea about, you know, being focused on others, this go-giver stuff and all that, but, you know, I really need the money now. So I'll focus on that other person once I don't need the money. Again, that brings it back as though the premise is you're doing something self-sacrificial by focusing on them. And I'm going to suggest you're much better off if you need the money now, you're much better off finding a way to focus on them and add value now. Because remember, it always goes back to they're not buying because of you. So let's say, for example, you're the prospect and I'm a salesperson, okay? And I really need the money. So, you know, forget about this go-giver stuff. I'm going to go into this conversation with you and I'm focused on getting your money, right? So, you know, yeah, I ask some questions because I've been trained to do that. But the questions aren't really to understand where you're coming from as much as they are to know how I can sharp angle you into a close. Okay. When you have an objection, I answer it, but you know, I kind of use the standard answers because I'm really not listening to your objections. I'm trying to just overcome them and get past them because these objections of yours are standing in the way of my money that I need right now. Okay. So I'm even a little bit defensive when you have your objections, because again, you're kind of standing between me and my money right this is the eye focus right that i'm closing too soon and i'm closing too often and by the time i ask you for the order are you more likely or less likely to kind of have the trust in me that i have your well-being at heart you know and more likely or less likely to buy from me and probably less likely okay So now let's take the same, I'm the same person. I still need the money, okay? But now what I'm gonna do is, I'm not going to deny my self-interest because first of all, we're always self-interested because we're human beings. Successful people deal in truths. And so we don't deny them, but we work within them, okay? So I'm not gonna deny my self-interest, but I am gonna put it aside. I'm gonna temporarily suspend my self-interest, and place my entire focus on you. And so I'm going to ask you questions, and I am going to listen, and I am going to ask clarifying questions. I am going to make sure I absolutely understand your needs, your wants, your desires. I'm going to find ways to be able to add insights. It's going to help you mitigate challenges you may not even know you have, and strengthen you in ways you may not even know you have but i can only do that because i've really listened with a genuine caring okay only when i absolutely am sure that i understand what you need want and desire am i going to connect the benefits of my product or service with those needs wants and desires when you have an objection i'm going to welcome that objection I'm going to congratulate you on the objection, and I'm going to assure you that we need to be able to work within it and answer it to your satisfaction if we're going to be able to proceed and have you happy, okay? And so what I'm going to do is instead of giving you some standard answer that we learned in Sales 101, I'm going to work with you together at getting to the root, the heart of the objection so that you truly understand the objection yourself, which you might not. And I don't until we really know and then from there we can work through it together and you know by the time Jason I ask you to take action and I ask for the order, you're simply going to be saying yes to something you've already told me you want to do okay and you know my question would be are you more likely or less likely to say yes to wanna buy and the chances are the answer Yes. So focusing on the other person's needs as opposed to your own is not only the way to have business coming in long term, it's the best way to have business coming in short term
1: as well. If you're trying to stay focused on getting work done and eating throughout the day is something you think about, have to decide, and you're not sure what to do, and you just wish an option was available where the right meal with all of the specifications you want be available to you, easy to make under two minutes. to get 50% off. That's code SELLINGWITHLOVE50 at factormeals.com slash SELLINGWITHLOVE50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. It's interesting how it's kind of paradoxical that you have to let go of what your immediate needs feel like they should be a priority. And the moment you do let go and you trust, it starts actually flowing. And I think the way you described it is a way that we would want to be sold as well. Like if we put ourselves in the shoes of the buyer and we think about our best purchasing experiences, what you've described is a delightful experience. And, you know, I've been in various sales roles and some of them being maybe of a higher volume. Yeah. Especially in my early twenties, I was booking appointments for realtors and I had some pretty strict scripts that I would follow. I would guide people towards powerful questions that would lead them towards booking an appointment. And I find that you know a lot of organizations, especially if we're dealing with you know smaller orders, that there's a big push on being efficient, keeping the calls short, and making sure that we're processing and closing as many deals as possible. Which kind of creates a bit of pressure to be able to be present, to give time, to listen intently, especially if you know that the cost and the reward you get from doing that makes it so that it's a little bit challenging. And I don't know if the, you have some. General advice for people that might be in a sales environment where there's a high volume that needs to be processed. I want to be present. I want to listen to everyone. Yet, my God, like if I would do that, I'd be on the phones for 20 hours a day. Right. And so there's always a, you know,
0: first, there's a time and place for most everything. And there are certain times it's appropriate to do this and certain times it's not. Obviously, if you are in the employ of someone who is giving you these guidelines and you don't have any room, well you've got to make a decision is this something where i can you know work and feel congruent with my values and be able to also produce and so forth and i'm not telling anybody to leave their job i'm just saying these are all questions we've got to ask ourselves but obviously if we're working
1: for someone else we've got to work within their structure within their rules yeah and i appreciate that you're opening that up because oftentimes that's it it's even being exposed to ideas like this actually creates an opportunity to have a conversation with your employer to see if things could be done differently. And I'm seeing like on, especially people who are watching online, maybe in the coaching consulting space, I'm seeing a huge emphasis, which is all about high ticket item sales. And there seems to have been a complete abandoning of the low ticket offers as far as getting on the phones and selling something at a low price point. It seems to me like there's an acknowledgement that number one, the cost for ads to sell something at a low price point makes it economically non-viable. And I'm also seeing that as we're leveling up as salespeople and we want to actually solve people's problems, it demands a higher energy exchange, it demands a higher price point. And we're, the internet has done something beautiful, is kind of automate everything at the low ticket price. So we have the space and it is economically viable to start selling in this beautiful way. So I'm glad the trend is happening there. I'm glad that we have these methods being exposed. And I'd be curious to know for anybody who still has that kind of fear at the beginning, they're hearing these methods, but there's an anxiety. Are we talking about something that's just, you know, get the reps in? Or are there certain things we should keep in mind if we're feeling anxiety, even as we're coming with such a giving approach? Well, that's a great question. And there's no question that the
0: reps will help. Okay. But it does start with a mindset. And it's really how we see sales. Because remember, you know, pretty much in any type of, you know, television shows or movies or books or horror stories you hear, it's always the salesperson who's the crooked, you know, pushy, high pressure type of person, right? So, you know, when people say to me, "Well, Bob, I could never sell. I hate sales. It's not that they hate sales. It's that they hate what they think selling is. So if you think selling is about trying to convince someone to buy something they don't want or need, well, yeah, I mean, I don't like that either. Who would want to do that? Who has high values in terms of what, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not something most of us would feel comfortable doing. Selling is simply, and we've alluded to it a little bit, but I personally define selling as simply discovering what the other person does need, does want does desire in helping them to get it. You know, it's interesting, the old English root of the word sell was salan, which literally meant to give. So when you're selling, you're literally given. Now, someone might say, well, isn't that just semantics? I mean, you know, if you're in a sales conversation, sales presentation with someone, you're selling, what are you giving? Well, I suggest you're giving time, attention, counsel, education, Empathy and ultimately immense value. Now, when you see selling that way, now you come at it from a totally different frame. Now you come at it from a totally different perspective. Now, here's where the reps come in, the repetitions. okay? because it's still a matter of like anything else. The more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to be. But it does begin
1: with that mindset. I love that the mindset piece is being focused on here because I agree with you, that perspective. And it's a big reason why I speak about what I speak around selling with love, because it makes for entertaining movies to see a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It makes for an entertaining story when you see the Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know if it becomes a blueprint on how we should be selling, seeing the complete lack of empathy, the complete lack of care for what is the result the person has with what you actually sell to them and the lack of responsibility for the sales you make. And as we speak right now, I find it quite interesting. There's a lot of people that are influencers, like I'm talking about celebrities that have been endorsing certain products that have went under. And now there's a class action lawsuit. And I'm speaking here about FTX, which is in the crypto space. There's this platform that went bankrupt. There's a lot of due diligence that wasn't done. And now there's actually some cases where people who have actively promoted this product that didn't do their due diligence did so with perhaps not the best entrance of their audience in mind. And now look, there's a bit of a consequence to it. And so coming in with this heart-centered approach, actually caring for the people, this is where I see things going. And I'm excited that you're an advocate and a champion for it. Which brings me to the latest book. So are you. Yeah, well, we're doing what we can, right? One listener at a time. <laughs> so thank you for being a part of this Selling With Love army here. But broad, I wanted to go to go give her influencer because I'm not gonna lie. When I was about to pick up this book, I was like, oh, is this gonna teach me how to get more Instagram followers or something or get some TikTok videos of me dancing? And that wasn't the point of the story at all. Instead, you talked about how when you're selling, we build a lot of stories in our heads about who we're selling to. And as a buyer, we build a lot of stories in our heads around what the person's trying to sell with. And I feel your book does a beautiful job in trying to make us have a lot more of empathy. And I thought that was a key part of, you know, building bridges with the people we're doing business with. And I wanted to know if this is something we can actually develop, train more, and are there instances we can practice being more empathetic so we become much more influential in the process? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, first of all, I think people
0: skills are what separate the successful person from the stratospherically successful person. Because you can have talent and you can have skills, and those are important, by the way. I'm not diminishing them in any way. And there are a lot of talented people. And you know, those get you in the game, but you know, again, you're playing in a very crowded game. But those people who have people skills, those people who have that ability to move people to a desired action, right? Usually within the parameters of a specific goal, These are the people who are really able to accomplish just so very, very much. What I call genuine influence is the ability to get the results you want when dealing with others while helping them feel genuinely good about themselves, about the situation, and about you. Now, if I believe that people skills are the most important skill in business as well as life, but right now we're talking the business context and I do believe it is, I would say empathy is the most important people skill. (laughs) Yeah, empathy by definition is the identification with or vicarious experiencing of another person's feelings. Now, that sounds like it's just, well, put yourself in their shoes. And it would be, except for the fact that most of us, well, have different size feet. So we literally, can't step into their shoes. We figuratively cannot step into their minds. We cannot step into their hearts. Why? Because we're not them. We don't come from the same backgrounds, the same belief systems, the same experiences, the same way of seeing the world. So we can't necessarily understand how they feel. We can have an idea, but we don't really understand how they feel. But here's the good news. Communicating empathy doesn't mean you won't necessarily understand how they feel. It, it simply means that you communicate to them, and by the way, this might be through what you say, how you say it, or just simply by how you show up and the energy you bring with you. It's communicating that you understand they're feeling something, and that this something is distressful to them, uh, and that you're there to help them work through it. And that's empathy, and that causes a person to feel good about you it causes them to feel safe and to know that they have someone who has their well-being at heart which is selling with love right and so you know that's
1: really why empathy is so very important bob it's a fantastic conversation to have with you because i feel like values wise there's so much that there's alignment you teach uh, what i'm trying to promote as well and i'm so glad that someone like you has such a platform where you've inspired millions of people to be able to understand appreciate apply and get results with the methods that you teach and i want to encourage anybody who's listening to this to go to burg.com, and this is b-u-r-g.com so you can look at all of the work that bob is putting together and get involved get on the email list pick up the copy of the book and I would love to actually ask you, Bob, about what are some of the most exciting projects you're working on in the last few months or upcoming things that are happening maybe in 2023 that you're particularly excited about? Well, my business partner, Kathy Tage and Ellen, I have what we call the
0: Go-Giver Community. It's an online business community network for people who want to live their lives and conduct business the Go-Giver way, which means that when they come in, it's you know totally online that they're focused on giving value to the other group members while also being open to receive, which is the fifth law, right, the law of receptivity. So it's just a fantastic group of people. We've got about 400, 425 members right now, and that's continuing to grow, and we really love that. And Kathy and I also, a couple times a year, hold our Go-Giver Entrepreneur Academy, what we call Beyond the Mastermind events. We hold them here in Jupiter, Florida, which is right around the corner from me, which, which I like because I don't have to travel get there so selfish reason there we love having it here but other people love coming to Jupiter Florida because it's really nice weather and it's a two-day what we call beyond the mastermind we limit it to eight people so it goes very very deep into people's businesses so that's exciting we love doing that
1: I love it bob there's one question i always love to ask my guests when they come on the show and i think for you will be quite the easy question since you are speaking of a very similar topic but you are on the selling with love podcast and i'd love to ask for you if you would give a definition of what selling with love means to you what would it be i think it's selling with a genuine caring about the other
0: person and benefiting the other person and there's nothing unnatural about that as human beings we have a desire It's human nature to want to contribute, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Now, as salespeople and entrepreneurs, we tend to live that value mainly through our businesses, right? Now, that doesn't mean we can't be involved in other causes, things like that, but we spend most of our time at work, right? And we typically sell a product or service that we have a lot of belief in and that we know helps people and that makes a difference in their lives. You know, Zig Ziglar used to say that selling is simply a transference of feeling, right? Well, I think selling with love is a lot of that, but mainly it's really genuinely caring about that other person and selling in that manner, which I think is just one of the coolest things we can do, So, which is one
1: reason why I just love your work and love what you do. Thank you, Bob. Well, the feeling is mutual, and it's been fantastic having you come on the show and share your wisdom. There's so much more to unpack. And here again, I want to encourage everyone to go to berg.com so you can see all the additional resources. Get into the community. I know I'm going on a deep dive to see all of these things and how I can get more closely involved because, as I've mentioned, Bob has been a pivotal influence into my methodology and my mindset when it comes to sales. And I think for a lot of people who might have that kind of sales reluctance, if you haven't picked up my book, I would definitely say go and pick up Bob's book because that was the foundation that I had in my early 20s that got me to be on this journey, get all the benefits of approaching sales this way, skyrocketed my career and supports me in my entrepreneurial journey as well. I know it will do the same for you. And just as much as a Wolf of Wall Street might make for an entertaining movie, what you get from going through the Go-Giver or Go-Giver Influencer is not only an entertaining story but a valuable one that leaves you with lessons that you can actually apply and not be that person that is in my vulgar language but screwing over people as you would see in some of these entertaining movies the values are great the stories are great and bob you have been great so thank you so much for coming on the show it was a pleasure to have you back my pleasure and
0: i know they already have your book so i don't even need to tell them that but hopefully they have
1: i am your host jason mark Campbell, and this is the selling with love podcast